to dark with Mark. Have you fucked up yet? Welcome to After Dark with Mark. Today I received someone that I got to discover not long ago, Anders Hansen, which is an illusionist. And um, I, you know, when I think about illusionists, the first thing that comes to my mind is David Copperfield, of course, uh, Udini. So those great and amazing figure that uh, I grew up with. Now, I would like to know from you, Anders, is that how that you decided to become an illusionist? <laughs> That's such a great question, Mark. And first, I want to thank you for uh, having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and yes, I, I looked up to those masters of magic for many, many years. Um, it started out as a hobby for me uh, when I was a kid. I remember my uncle giving me a um, sort of a magic kit for Christmas. And that triggered something in me because I used to be that geeky kid in class who never really joined any social setting. But all, all of a sudden, I could, I could do something none of the other kids could do, which was perform magic. And so it got me out of my shell and into... Uh, into a more social version of myself, I guess you can say. So yeah, I always looked up to those, those, you know, big names in magic. How does that work exactly? Because if we look at, let's say that you want to be a football player, you mm -hmm. want to be a, a basketball player, you look at those great celebrities, right? And you model them and then totally. you go after that. Is that the same thing in the illusionist work? You know, that's, that's another great question. It, it actually is not uh, surprisingly. You know, the magic world is a very different world where people stick to themselves. They stick to their secrets. They don't necessarily share as much. And so I would almost say that it's not that it's harder. It's just a different approach. So in the magic world, what you really do is you spend a lot of time on your own. <laughs> you spend a lot of time in front of the mirror just practicing things. And as an example of that, I decided when I was a kid, the coolest thing in the world would be to snap my fingers and make a car appear, right? How cool would that be? So I decided to create that illusion. I didn't know how, but I wanted to create it. And so for two years straight, I just kept thinking, how can I, how can I, how can I? And I looked up to the big names in magic, but if I were to ask them, you know, can you teach me this stuff? They would not, they wouldn't go with that. So I decided to do it on my own. And after I did that, I created that illusion and I used it in my show. I actually had magicians ask me um, uh, if they could buy the rights to perform that illusion. So it's interesting. In, in the magic world, you sort of just prove by your results that, you know, that you make, you make it work, you know, and, and you grow that way. Now, you're from Denmark and uh, now you're living in the great city of Las Vegas, where this is where... Um, the magic happen on a daily basis. Uh, tell me a little bit like your, your story. What brought you to United States and what type of childhood you had? Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in Denmark, in Europe, and um, I had a very happy childhood. Uh, just, uh, you know, my parents were definitely uh, middle income, um, borderline low income, actually. Um, my parents were children in the Second World War, so I grew up with a lot of limitations around me. But the magic sort of brought me into a different world where everything was possible all the time. And I lived in that realm. And 
I always wanted to make it a career and I never gave up on that dream. So for years, even though I would have a job on the side, I would perform magic. And one time I was on vacation in Miami and I, you know, the law of attraction, right? You're in fact, you're an expert in that field, but I believe I attracted an opportunity that I was ready for. I um, was sitting on a street corner having dinner by myself the last night before I flew back to Denmark. And um, I always wanted to live here so bad. And I was sitting there by myself and these guys were sitting next to me. We started chatting and one of them turned out to be a TV producer. And he said, what do you do? And I told him I perform magic. And he said, show me something. So I did. And um, we actually wrote a TV contract on a napkin on that street corner. I uh, flew back to Denmark, shipped all my equipment over here. And, and I started working for a Latin American TV uh, channel called Univision. And so it shows with them for, for a long time. And um, the last show that, I did with them was seen by a producer who does shows on cruise ships, which was my next goal. <laughs> so you can see all of this sort of, I had a vision and I lived from that vision. I didn't never really understood what I was doing. I was what our mentor Bob Proctor would call an unconscious competent because I would manifest all these amazing opportunities. I didn't know how I did it, but I did. So I got started working with this producer and we started doing shows on cruise ships, but it was always unfulfilling to me just having the audience go, how did he do the trick? It didn't really satisfy me on a deeper level. And I kept asking myself, you know, what was, what was the takeaway here? What did the audience leave with except the postcard and the souvenir cup? And, and the answer was not a whole lot. So I decided, I had studied personal growth for a while at the time, and I decided that I was going to merge the two. I was going to bring magic into personal development and bring personal development into magic, which is, I, which is what I make today. I created a concept this, called Real yeah. This is what your concept is right now. We're going to get back to that. Okay, cool. <laughs> what, what I want to talk about, I mean, when you decide to be a magician, mm -hmm. uh, an illusionist, when you go to your parents and he said, this is what my career is going to be. Like, how is mom and dad reacting to that? Uh, I think you can predict that answer. Um, I think it sort, of, it sort of crept in on them. It wasn't like one day I went to them and said, listen, mom and dad, this is what I'm going to do. They just saw I was so obsessed with it. You know, every time, every evening I would walk into the living room, show them a new trick and a new trick and a new trick. And they got, you know, borderline annoyed with me. I always was working on something. And it was a passion of mine. And my dad saw it in me. He always supported me. My mom was a little bit more of the old school way where, don't you think you need a job soon? <laughs> you know. Um, and, but I never gave up on it. It was such you know, an irrational thing really um, to pursue. But, um, but that's what, what I decided to do. I mean, all my friends obviously didn't. I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of relationships over it. Um, because it was so uncommon, especially in that part of the world. You said something that I really love because that is a key for anybody who would like to succeed mm -hmm. is obsession. You were okay. obsessed with it. Oh, yeah. That's exactly like, what it is. In, in that obsession, like, how do you channel it? Because it's, it's kind of seen, you know, every time I talk about you've got to be obsessed about your goal and your vision and where you mm -hmm. want to go, yeah. people are seeing this as something negative. Mm -hmm. But that is not the way you were seeing it. No, 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 no. It, it created everything for me. I, I um, you know, when you perform magic, you are up against the odds all the time. You're up against people who always tell you it's impossible. In fact, when I was younger, I used it as a gauge 
when my idea of an illusion caused people around me to say, oh, come on, Anders, that's impossible, I knew I had a winning idea. I just knew it because it was up against their belief system. It was up against what everybody thought was possible. And so I decided one time I wanted the whole, like I wanted, I wanted the front page newspaper article. Like I wanted a front page headline thing in Denmark. And I, I kept thinking, what can I do that makes the whole country go, you can't do that. And then click. And legal, right? Legal. And legally. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important factor. But I kept thinking, what would it be? And, and so everybody in Denmark plays the lottery numbers, right? Everybody's obsessed with the lottery numbers. So I decided to predict the lottery numbers. And of course, you can't do that. Everybody around me, so you can't do that. You can't do that. And, and, but I decided to do it. It became an obsession of mine. I just so badly wanted that front page newspaper article. And I knew if I made it look like I could predict the lottery numbers, it would land me that, that front page. And so for months, I, um, I didn't know how. I si in fact, I signed the contract with the biggest production company in the country. And I say, listen, folks, I'm going to predict the lottery numbers, you know, and they go, how are you going to do that? And so the, the smart ass magician I was, I said, oh, well, you know, if I, if I told you, I would have to make you disappear, you know, ha ha ha. And so I just laughed. <laughs> and, and, uh, and they bought it though. They go, okay, you know, they, this guy's obviously loony, but uh, we'll give him a chance. So they signed a contract with me at the time that I signed that contract. I had no idea, but I made the commitment and I found a way and it looked like I predicted the lottery numbers, all seven of them live on television. It landed me the fr front page newspaper article. You gotta be kidding me right now, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's what happened. <laughs> and the whole country, like the, the government officials who was sort of responsible for the lottery numbers, they were, they were, it became a huge thing in Denmark. You know, they were like, oh, you know, there now there's doubt about the lottery numbers and the legitimacy and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't tell them anything else, but it's an illusion, but I made it look darn convincing. In fact, it fooled the whole country. <laughs> wow. Um Actually, when I see an illusion, mm -hmm. I, I'm one of those guys, which I want to let my mind be dazzled, right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. the idea of an illusion. But at totally. the same token, I'm just like, what the heck is happening here? Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I want to know yeah. how it works because uh, it, it, explain to me, what, what do you do to, to people's minds so that we have that duality in us, mm -hmm. which like it's, it's conflicting, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's such a great question. Um, you know, it's interesting because with magic, what you do is you take advantage of people's assumptions and you make something look like something it isn't by the way of you filling in the blanks in your mind. So I will show you something that actually isn't taking place, but because you assume a lot of different things about your reality, you will create that reality in your mind. So when the illusion uh, happens, it's, it snaps in that train of thought snaps in the moment of what the heck just happened causes the conscious mind to pause. And, and, um, and it's interesting the folks who are predominantly right brain, they will suspend their disbelief. They will lean back and they will take it all in. They will let themselves go with me on a thought trip where the people who are predominantly left brain thinkers, logical, rational folks, they tend to scrutinize and they take it as an intellectual challenge that needs to be figured out. But, um, but no matter how you slice the cookie, it, it magic makes it it, 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 it pauses the conscious mind, even for a short moment, it suspends disbelief. And we are brought back to that childhood like state of everything is possible. 
And that's a very creative space. And, and that is really where I enjoy taking my audiences. The first, whatever, whatever the first tr- they take. Yeah. The first trick I saw you doing was uh, the one which you, you have a glass which is suspended in midair <laughs> and, and you, you are dropping water in it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was like, whoa. And you got, you got my attention. At that moment, I said, like, okay, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> and uh, I, I love this trick because you really created, you created an impact. And that's a little bit what every illusionist tried to do with his audience, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's about creating, creating moments. Um, I see a show like a movie. You, you, you script it out so that you create different scenes, different images, different visuals to attach the message to. And I kept thinking for a while, you know, how can I illustrate this concept? So I go on stage and I talk about assumptions and how assumptions create reality. And as I talk about, and what you witnessed was was exactly that, me talking about assumptions and casually grabbing a glass of water and pouring a glass and pouring water into the glass. And all of a sudden I let go of the glass and I just keep talking about assumptions and the glass uh, remains suspended in midair. And it creates that moment of what the heck just happened here, you know, and, and it, makes, it makes you pay attention. It makes you think about the message. So what, what happened to you is you were in, in Las Vegas and, and mm-hmm. your career was, um, this is where that you, you were having some challenges. You, you said that, yes, you, you liked what you were doing, but mm-hmm. you were not happy about the reaction or what the audience was getting out of it. You were right. a little bit kind of, I don't know, I'm going to let you give what was your feeling, but it was mm-hmm. not fulfilling. It was mm-hmm. not what you were, you wanted to do. You were, it was not what you tried to accomplish. And, um, and you were struggling financially as well. You know, mm-hmm. the path to success is always, there's always some fuck ups in the way. <laughs> and most, most of the people are not understanding that this is the part of the growth. And while you were in Vegas, you, you uh, saw Bob Proctor. And you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about the law of attraction yeah. before. Is that where you, you got to know Bob Proctor? It was. It was. I, um, yeah, I was struggling in many areas of my life. You know, isn't it interesting? The illusionist that was deceiving himself. <laughs> that was me. Um, it's a very paradoxical situation. Actually, <laughs> I think that's not. Then everybody's an illusionist then. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, yeah. it seems that there's a lot of people struggling. Oh, yeah. We all have illusions to a certain extent in our lives, right? But I certainly was living a lot of unauthentic versions of myself, projecting this image to the outside world. And on the inside, I was deeply unhappy and unfulfilled uh, with my personal relationships and, um, and uh, with, with my personal identity, really. Um, that happened a huge shift as I moved from Europe, but that's a totally different story. We can go into another time. But, but so as I arrived here and I kept doing magic, uh, I, I, yeah, there was always some component missing. I was not fulfilled. And I got offered all these great things to do, you know, shows and cruise ships and five-star cruise ships around the world and flying. On average, I flew eight times on, uh, per week, actually, on average for 10 years straight. And uh, that drives a person bonkers. I mean, I was absolutely. Going nuts. <laughs> I was I was not at home anymore. There was nobody home. I was like a walking, talking zombie, and going through the lines in my show. I had no clue where I was. Sometimes I would go to the airport, and they she would go, "Where is it this morning, Mister Hansen?" And I go, "I have no clue. Just check me in. I know I leave at ten, <laughs> and, and that wouldn't be an uncommon scenario." So, 
So I was not happy with it. I was not not fulfilled. And just having the audience go, how does he do the trick was just pointless. I mean, I didn't care at the end if they figured it out or not. I would have people come up to me and go, I think I know how you did that trick. I would just go, whatever. You know what? Congratulations. I don't, I mean, that wasn't it for me anymore. Um, But I had struggled a long time searching for answers to why I was living the way I was living. And as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I started manifesting these things almost unconsciously. But when I looked back on all those moments, you know, I was in a deeply grateful state for small things in my life, for living in the country. I love to be in the sunshine, for the weather, for a lot of different things. And things kept getting better. And one day, as I was sitting on that cruise ship somewhere, God knows where, and uh, I decided I was going to merge personal transformation, everything I had learned and magic. And I started doing these small seminars on the cruise ships after my big show. You know, I would invite people to come and listen. I would talk about these concepts and show some magic. And there was supposed to be a little group of people there. And it, it really gave me something. For the first time in years, I felt fulfilled. I felt that I added real value to people's lives. And... Um, And I actually moved to Las Vegas because of a family member, my partner and I decided to move out here to be closer to that family member. And uh, so we did that. I got some offers to work here in town, just doing magic, but I actually declined them where many magicians would jump on them immediately. But I knew it was- Yeah, because that's that's the goal. When you go to Vegas, you want to have a gig with an hotel or a a casino. And then you say, okay, you know what? I'm set. Exactly. And that's the mentality of most magicians. They flock here and they compete, right? <laughs> Which is a ridiculous concept in the first place as we've learned. But, but anyways, I started creating. I started doing something different. And, um, and I decided if I am going to learn from someone in personal development, I'm going to learn from the best in the world. And so uh, I, used, I used the techniques. I saw myself being on stage with the best in the world, you know, merging these phenomenal concepts with magic. And, and there were days when I didn't even know how to pay my rent. I mean, I had an eviction notice hanging on my door. I remember when I was affirming this to be on stage with the best in the world, but I felt it so deeply in my heart. And, uh, and one day my partner had to go to work. He actually said, I'm not, I don't have to go. He said, I'm going to go because we're going to be busy. He was working at the Bellagio at the time at, uh, at Louis Vuitton. And so, and so there was that little voice inside that little piece of me that, that, that started talking. And, um, you know, your intuition talks to you in funny ways. And my intuition told me to go there, but to go an hour early to pick him up. And I said, that that doesn't make sense. So my intuition was debating my rational mind. (laughs) And there was this conflict going between, you know, why should I go an hour early? But I decided to listen to my intuition. I went to Bellagio, I parked my car. I went, what the heck, now I have an hour to spare. But I started walking around and I ran right smack into Bob Proctor. Just like that. Just like that. We literally ran, we bumped into each other in the lobby of Bellagio. And, and I went, oh, holy moly, this is Bob Proctor. I literally just, this is the person. I mean, he's the, considered the best in the world. So that's when I had Michael Jordan's quote playing on repeat in the back of my mind going, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I'm, because I didn't want to buck him. But on the other hand, this was an answer from the universe. No question about it. So I, um, I introduced myself and uh, Mr. Bob asked me what I did. And I told him, I said, I have done magic now for 20 years. Now I want to do what you do. And he looks at, you know, Bob, you know, he looks very intensely. Sometimes he looks me straight in the eyes and he goes, lunch tomorrow. <laughs> what? Let me look at my busy schedule here and see. If I, of course, lunch tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so we sit down and we have lunch and we talk about these concepts. And he goes, I haven't met anyone that, that is doing what you're doing and I want to help you. So 
Yeah, that's about two and a half years ago now. So you've been working with Bob for the past two and a half years. And what was the transformation from the point where you, you were barely able to pay your rent to oh where you are right now? Uh, it's hard to articulate in words, really. I have a hard time recognizing the person I used to be. I've done exactly what Bob taught me, exactly what you teach, Mark. And, and first of all, congratulations on your silver pen. I mean, what you've done is phenomenal with this material as well. I mean, it's just beautiful. And so I literally just, I just followed his guidelines, right? I just did exactly what he told me. Didn't question it. I didn't uh, let my rational mind kick in and let, didn't let my paradigm talk me out of it. And I turned my annual income in almost into my weekly income in 11 months after having that addiction notice hanging on my door. And um, it was a shocking result. I had a hard time believing that that actually happened, but that's how powerful this material is. I mean, and so for, for the folks that are listening to this podcast, I mean, if you should, you need to get work. If you're not working with Mark, you should get going because this material is absolutely phenomenal. You have no idea where it can take you. It certainly took me where I not even dared to dream of going. But most people, when they, they get in touch with this, I mean, half a billion people have seen the secret half yeah. a billion people got into that information mm -hmm. and it it was a it was a major hit everybody yeah. knows about the law of attraction yeah but everybody doubts it it's <laughs> like yeah but you know it's maybe for them it works but it's not <laughs> it's not the same you don't understand i'm i'm different right <laughs> what what was i mean for you you've been studying this you've yeah. been um you liked the personal development and you made a decision. I'm mm -hmm. going to study from the best in the world. Mm -hmm. You wanted to be coached by the best in the world and you attracted that person right into your life and you bumped into it <laughs> and, and it became a good friend of yours. Now, mm -hmm. you know, you have the privilege. Uh, I know when we were in Toronto together, uh, you had dinner at Bob's house. You had lunch at Bob's house. You had dinner mm -hmm. with, with the inner circle. I mm -hmm. mean, you're getting invited, flew in private jet back to Vegas. <laughs> I mean, the old nine yard. Yeah. This yeah, is the privilege was, you have now. But what happened? Yeah, what's happening when, when, you know, you've got that doubt in your mind and you think that, yeah, maybe for me, it's not going to work. What mm. would you say to someone like that? that we all an expression of the same infinite power. There's nobody that has more potential than others and that success is not monopolized. Um, and I had the chills now from top to toe just saying that because I, I really, uh, there were moments when I, you know, I was not in a great position, but I've heard somebody say recently that we don't get what we want until we're willing to give everything away that we have. And when we get so committed to our goal that everything, all the obstacles fade, you know, you, you build, it's an inner knowing, it's a belief that you build and, and it just takes small moments, right. That to really validate oftentimes that what we're doing is working. You may have an idea and all of a sudden somebody you meet, say something and you keep using your affirmations, you keep visualizing what it is you desire. And then that image, we see it manifest slowly but surely, but it does take time, right? It's, it's simple, not easy, as Bob always likes to say. Uh, it, this doesn't give you a headache. It's not deep. You know, of course, it's deep materials. It, it's as deep as you want to go with it in the studies, but it doesn't require a high IQ to get, but it's, um, it's the old paradigm that keeps kicking in, right? Those doubts. But um, you know, I've seen people create quantum leaps and you are a product of the product. I'm a product of the product and I know it works. There's no doubt in my mind 
that it works. It works for anyone, anywhere, every time. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, the life in, in Las Vegas because mm-hmm. there's, um, there's this great aura mm-hmm. above Las Vegas and mm-hmm. the entertainment business. Uh, but for you, 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 you kind of live in, in a different, different bubble, if I, if I may use that term, mm-hmm. is you are an entertainer, mm-hmm. but what, what, how would you consider yourself? I, yeah, that's a great question. Again, I mean, uh, it's uh, it, I, I don't. I'm not. I, I I do live in my own bubble. I am not part of the entertainment world anymore, and I don't. I do not want to be. I mean, it's a very competitive environment, and um, magicians, especially, they like to rip each other off and copy each other. And and you know, as we know, come you know, amateurs compete, right? Professionals create, and I, I just stick to my own bubble and I keep creating. I keep competing with myself. I mean. What I do now is so different and I invented the box I'm in. I'm number one in my own box. There's nobody else doing what I'm doing. And that's not an accident. That's a conscious choice. That's a decision. Um, I've had magicians call me up and, you know, wanting the rights for this name and right for that name. And I'm just, how silly is that? You know, they're competing. They're coming from a point of lack. And so I'm sitting here in Las Vegas right now, very close to the strip actually where I live, but my view is towards the mountains. Um, So I have palm trees in front of me and a mountain out in the horizon. And uh, it doesn't feel like I'm living in Las Vegas. (laughs) It really doesn't. And now you're, you're doing shows, on a regular basis, but your shows mm-hmm. are always based with personal development. That's really the, 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 the segment that you are mastering mm-hmm. and that you want people that when they come to one of your show, mm-hmm. they are getting out of it with something that will help them to move forward and, mm-hmm. and see that illusion they can bring with them and they can start creating their own illusion in their own life. Exactly. That they can start exactly like using the same mythologies to build the image of what they want and work backwards with it. That's really the whole philosophy behind this. And, and yes, um, Real Magic Live is the concept that I created. It's, it's not a seminar and it's not a show. It is both. It's a live experience. It's, a, it's an interactive live experience. And that's how I brand it. Uh, so it has a broader appeal. People that like magic will come there and maybe for the magic component, um, people going through their own personal growth and have been for years gravitates towards the, the material as well. And we see a lot of people bring their kids, teenage kids, you know, because the magic makes the medicine taste better, right? It makes, the, <laughs> it, it just gets it in a different way, you know, and it's uh, it just, it's amazing to see what happens when you bridge two fields that haven't been bridged before. Um, it also means that a lot of people can't grasp it and that's okay. You know, they have to experience it first. They try to intellectualize it before they even show up. But yes, I mean, we've sold out wherever we went. Uh, we have Real Magic Live here in town a few times a year and we're now going to Europe in May. And uh, we just launched the campaign last night, actually. And it looks like we'll be selling out there as well. So it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly something that has appeal, I think, as you know, with what we do in personal development. I mean, people all over the world need this material. Actually, tell me, how do you build a, a magical trick Mm-hmm. So that people understand, because I know that you're building your tricks the very same way mm-hmm. that we built a vision, exactly. right? So why would you uh, run through like what's your, the way you are building your tricks and, and the sequence to get to, to, to the magic, to the illusion at the end? Absolutely. That's such a great question. So when Bob and I met the first time, he, he asked 
me that question that no other person on earth had asked me for 20 years. How do you create an illusion? And I, I never articulated it before. I, I was never forced to actually think about what I was doing, but he made me think about it. And I answered him that to be able to create an illusion, I have to go as far as I can in my imagination. I have to build an image, a future image of something that I right now perceive to be impossible. It has to look impossible. If it doesn't look impossible, nobody's going to pay attention to it, right? So my job is to build that image first and then work my way backwards until that goal has been achieved. And um, it actually comes in three stages. So there's stage one. It's, I call it my three eyes to impossible. So the first I stands for imagine. You need to imagine where you're going. You need to really engage the imagination. And as you know, that's not easy for a lot of uh, adults, right? We've been so programmed to live through the senses. But imagine is the first step. We really want to push ourselves to go where we haven't gone before and build that image of something we currently perceive to be impossible. The second I is influence. Now, how do we get there? We influence ourselves enough to take action. And most people won't move until it gets too uncomfortable to sit still, right? So, um, so by asking ourselves, what will happen if I don't take action? If I keep living what I'm living now, how will my life be like the next 10 years? And that builds dissatisfaction, looking at that mediocrity, right? And um, so that builds an inner dissatisfaction. And as we know, dissatisfaction is a creative state. It makes you take action. And that's the third step. It's ignite, ignite into massive action. You take action in small steps and big steps. You don't need to know the whole process, but you start somewhere. Like I did when I predicted the lottery numbers. I didn't know how, but I created the contract. I signed the contract. I took action. And that forced me into look looking for the second step. So imagine influence ignite. I would say those are the three key stages to create an illusion and any goal in life, really. And it works every single time. Every single time. If you're committed enough to your goal, if you're more committed to your goal than your comfort zone, it works every single time. Oh, I like that. How many people do you believe prefer to stay in the comfort zone? 97%. I love... it's really interesting because I can see how you're a product of the product because you've been studying this mm-hmm. and, and it, it shows because every time everything you're saying, you're repeating or you, you've been saying the exact same thing that Bob has been saying for years mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And for you, it's a proof that it's working because it's been working. You experience it. When you do experience it, you don't doubt it, right? Because exactly. it's been happening for you. Exactly. And that, that's why I love having these, um, these dialogues with, with successful people like yourself, Mark, because you are a product of the product as well. I mean, we, we don't doubt whether or not this works. We know it works. And so when, when you've taken this information and internalized it to such an degree that you, you demonstrate by your results that it's working, it just, it becomes such a different thing, doesn't it? It's, it's an experience you live every day. And success is really, it's a program. It's not a destination. It is how you live every single day that really determines how big the Eiffel Tower turns out right? <laughs> or the Empire State Building or whatever we're building. Uh, but it's those building blocks. And um, that, that's really this, the key to it, I believe. It's, it's taking action every day. And with the inner knowing that, that is, it will lead us to where we want to go. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? I feel excited. I feel I, I can't get out. Of, I, I, I mean, I can't get out of bed fast enough. I, I just, I move into action automatically. This is not, I don't have to convince myself to get out of bed anymore. Like I did when I was in the entertainment industry. 
um, because I get feedback every day from folks who are working with this material from all over the world now. I have participants in about 90 different countries and, and every day there's validation that it works. You know, there's breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough and that gets me up in the morning. It really does. And, and through the work that we do with them, I work with a local charity here in Las Vegas where we help food insecure children. Um, that, that is a big product of it as well. I mean, that's a big component that's um, that's something that makes me truly feel like a rich person is, is living in that contribution, knowing that for each participant, for each person that comes to Real Magic Live, you know, there's a child here that actually will get their food that otherwise would have gone hungry. Actually, it's really interesting what, what you just said right now, because that was going to be my next question and you huh. don't have the question. So guys, on the, the <laughs> one that are listening to this right now, uh, this is not, he didn't know I was going to ask this because I wanted you to talk about Tree Square, That's which, uh, which basically that is a, a charity organization that you really, really love and, and you get involved with. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell me about like your 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 donation and mm-hmm. because that's something that truly you you care about absolutely it's it's so it's so close to my heart uh, a distant family member of mine um her her ex-husband actually um or what do you call it um he passed away a few years ago but uh, she's associated with it now but but her husband started three square food bank um 12 years ago and in those 12 years uh, they went from just starting out to becoming the most successful food bank, the most effectively run food bank in the United States. And uh, they provide food today for about 340,000 people here in Southern Nevada who otherwise would have gone hungry. You know, here we got hit really bad in the economic recession back then. People were walking from their homes. And a lot of folks here in town that lives on close to minimum wage um, and um, a lot of lot of children are, are you know, obviously depending on uh, on organizations like Three Square to step up and help with food. Um, about one out of four school children here are not getting the nutrients they need to function in school properly. And so, um, yeah, it's a big part of it. It's, it, they have such a big part of, um, of my heart. I mean, I just love everything they do. And, um, from the beginning, when I couldn't, when I had that eviction notice on my door, I was donating my time. I was walking out there. I was, you know, helping pack meals. Today, I, I contribute um, mostly financially uh, through the work that we do here and abroad. And um, for the last Real Magic Live here in town, we raised enough funds to help uh, create about thirteen thousand meals. And uh, that truly makes me feel like a rich person. No, no question about it. I've heard once a. A quote, and I cannot tell you exactly who said that, but it says that every wealthy people mm-hmm. and how to generate wealth is you got to give. Absolutely. Givers gain. Mm-hmm. So why is it so hard for people to, to understand this concept and really to, to give? Because we would not have uh, the, li- the world we live in right now, and we would not have so many people which are despondent of mm-hmm. society and, and those organizations if we would understand this concept at the core and everybody would give naturally. Right, right. It's so, it's just, it, it's a natural law, right? And we're so programmed to work against it. I remember um, I was interviewing actually my, my uncle who, who founded Three Square and he was at the time, uh, you know, he retired from an executive position at the Hilton Corporation and um, he would have what many people thought would be, you know, wealth, you know, on the, on the, on the physical plane. I mean, he had a big house and, own, you know, a lot of different things. And, um, and I asked him, so, you know, how did Three Square change your life? And he said, I didn't feel truly rich until I started Three Square. That clicked for me. 
And he goes, I'm just so sorry that I had to find out what wealth really means now that I'm, you know, in my seventies, but uh, he had pursued, he had pursued the getting for years. Like, like most people, like we're programmed to do, right. You know, hold on to what you have and try and get more. Um, and, and in his seventies, he started giving, he started contributing and, and that changed his life. I mean, fundamentally. And that's really it. The, the key is in giving and it is the feeling we give it with, right? We should almost give to a point where it's uncomfortable because the law will take care of it. And I, I, I tested the law many times and where I doubt it, how will this work? Will it not work? I remember one time when I didn't really have much, but my goal was to do a, a, a to do keynotes, right? For, for companies with this material. And um, my goal was to, to speak for a global organization and I decided, well, if this works, you know, I will, you know, I'm going to drive up with a, with a check to three squares. It was the first check I ever wrote to them. And it was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable amount, but I did it. I drove up with them the next day, the very next day, somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn. Nobody ever writes to me on LinkedIn, but this person did. And he was the um, head of a global organization um, of, um, in, a, in a specific industry. And they wanted to hire me as a keynote speaker. And I, I went, I'll be darned. That's exactly what. And they paid me what I thought was a wild fantasy when I first started this, this work, but everything came right back to me tenfold the, the very next day. And so, you know, it works, it comes through different ways and means. And, but you know, that's the key. I think Mark is to give without expectation, just give from where we are with what we have and the law will take care of it coming back to us in many different ways, you know, not necessarily money, but um, it will just enrich our lives in, in different, different ways, unpredictable ways. And there's how can people give to uh, Tree Square if uh, some people that are listening to this would mm. like to do a donation? I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you, Mark, for, for being so considerate and bringing that into the conversation. Um, they, can, they can actually create three meals out of every dollar donated to them. So think about that. If you were to go to Starbucks and spend five bucks, you can actually help them create 15 meals for children for that very same amount. They can go to threesquare.org. So it's T-H-R-E-E-S-Q-U-A-R-E.org threesquare.org and that goes straight to food they turn 96 cents of every dollar straight into food they have a very little overhead they are ranked with five stars in charity navigator they do phenomenal work that is spectacular and there's when is the next show for you so real magic live is coming up in europe in may actually we just launched the dates yesterday so we have two shows in denmark um, and then we have the next here in las vegas in august and um and then again in October. And uh, that will be realmagiclive.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your generosity and uh, taking the time to be on the podcast today. Uh, we didn't talk about a lot about uh, the, all the messed up that you had in between, but we, we could see <laughs> that uh, you, you work yourself to where you are right now. And uh, I'm looking forward to, um, actually, I've got an idea Mm -hmm. um, that would like to, to work with you. That's, that's something that is in my mind for a while already. And, okay. and I believe, you know, there's no accident and that's yeah. probably one of the reasons why that we met. Um, so I'm, I'm truly grateful for your time and, uh, looking forward to talk with you again. I sure am the grateful one, Mark. Thank you very, very much for having me on today. You got it. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review and subscribe to never miss a future episode of After Dark with Mark. 
As well, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mark Jospitre.